Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 27, Get Off My Lawn. And we're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay, and we still love you. Good morning, Robot. Good morning. How are we? Um, you know, uh, solidly mediocre. Yeah. Upper echelon of mediocrity all the way, man. Yeah. I couldn't be, I could be better, but wait, how does that saying go? It would be illegal or something like that, except I could be better, period. Not the, (laughs) not the other part. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Solidly mediocre. Well, you know, take that. You, you look good. Thanks, man. It's a sunny day, so... That's not nothing. That's not nothing. What are we going to talk about today? So this episode is about the real ways that things used to be better than they are now. Oh my god, this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah, because we talked... Yeah, because last episode, we... I think we decided that actually in 1991... I shouldn't put uh, years in your... I shouldn't project, but I would say that we both thought things were better in 1991 than they are now. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, it's like there's like socially, economically, politically, there's so many different yeah. uh, aspects of, you know, but like if you're saying, what was, there's a thing I saw the other day. It said, how old would you be if you didn't know, or what's your age if you didn't know how old you were or something like that? Right. And I would say, like, I peaked at about 28. Uh So, so whatever year that was, that was the late 90s. And I would say, Hmm. like, it was best then, but I was a less developed person. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think, and we should, before, we have to do the music pick of the week before we get it too deep here. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, I've got, I'm I'm so packed into this little corner. I've got coffee. I've got phones. I've got, I wish this was a TV show. (laughs) It's it's fuck, man. I'm I'm like constantly in peril of of being crushed underneath an avalanche of shoes or whatever's on my left bag. This is, this is a little bit like, um, uh, Steve podcasting from his prison cell. (laughs) (laughs) If I was in a solitary confinement. Yeah. And my prison cell was actually smaller. I don't know. This is probably, if I laid down in here, it's probably six feet, probably about six feet by four feet. Yeah. I don't know. I've not been in solitary confinement. I feel like this, that's about the cell size. I think so. Um, uh, you got so, a 
What's your music yeah, mu- pick? music pick of the week? What's your music pick of the week? Well, I got it. We were already talking about this, and that, and then they're playing in uh, Massachusetts soon. Uh, I sent you a text this morning. I can't remember where it is, but my friend Matt sent me a message the other day, and he said, "You, I think this is this band is kind of in your wheelhouse. It's a band that I plugged on this most recent uh, post on All Hail the Black Market, but they're called." um mother iron horse and i think they're gonna be they're gonna be real big but they're super they're super fun kind of a la red fang but a little stonery doomery uh doomerier doomerier yep uh and but like you know good sense of humor good aesthetic big fuzzy thick riffs yeah brutal Uh, riffs yeah, they're they're real fun. So that's my that's my music pick of the week. They don't have any vinyl. They have a huge merch selection. Like these badass back patches. I mean, who doesn't love a fucking back patch? <laughs> yeah. Uh but like everything's out and I just got a notification from them yesterday that said that they're re-upping uh their store. So they're going to have some music and socks and fucking frisbees or whatever. Mother Iron Horse. Mother Iron Horse. They're from Mother Mass- Massachusetts somewhere. Yes. So you're next. They're from Salem, not too far from me. I listen to them and I give them um, three thumbs up. Yeah. I don't. I, I think it's a bullshit uh, that we only have two thumbs for giving. You know, they're <laughs> offering in in uh, in accolade of yeah. someone's efforts. You can borrow on a scale one. of one to ten thumbs. I give them all ten thumbs. Two thumbs and a loner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my pick of the week um, is a two piece. I know you like them also. I do. They are British, and they have my name. They are called John, and if you want to look them up, uh, you look up John times two. Yeah. Yeah, um, they did a KEXP, a live KEXP performance a couple of years ago that fully sold me on, on them. Yeah. But when you said they, you like them, I thought you meant I like two pieces, because um, cause I love two pieces. I love two piece bands. Yes. Uh, but no, yes, John times two is, they are, uh, they are. Uh, offer some some banger auditory bar. yeah they are rippers yeah i think is what i would say that they are rippers and uh, uh out here on the fringes is one record they have a new record out now i forget what it's called and uh they have an old record called godspeed in the national limit which is fantastic and if you like uh bands that rip i don't even really know what that means when i say it well, it could be, you could be talking about, uh, uh, what the fuck, what band was Blackie Lawless in? Wasp? Yeah, you could be talking about Wasp. I mean, Wasp, <laughs> as far as 1992 is concerned, Wasp yeah, ripped. That's uh, true. But John times two rips in a totally different sort of way. As I recall, the big Wasp record, and this was probably like 1987, maybe, wasp the name of the record i think was animal i fuck like a beast yeah and it had the cod piece with the circular yeah. saw blade on it which is a that's a pretty badass fashion accessory yeah 
for where to church. I definitely, uh, I definitely saw that record in the store and was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in Mobile, Alabama, I'm pretty sure it was illegal (laughs) to own that record. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like as far as, as far as there was, uh, there was a lot of dangerous music. You know, and Tipper Gore yeah. was on a rampage and she was yeah. putting the PMRC labels all over everything, which just make kids want them more. Right. You see that little black and white sticker in the corner and you're like, well, yeah. I, I got to have this. But I, you know, I remember like there we called when I was in junior high, uh, we called the heavy metal kids Motley's mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I guess, because Hashers or Stoners or Burnouts or whatever hadn't made its way to Colorado yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was, it was just so clowny, you know, like yeah. they took the, they took it so seriously and, and like spiked all these spiked belts wrapped around their thighs and stuff. It just, it was yeah. just silly to me. I thought it was really cartoony. So I never really took it seriously in the music. I remember reading in Thrasher at one point said the only difference between heavy metal and punk rock is they sing better. And- <laughs> And there's, <laughs> there's, uh, are there better musicians or maybe both? And that was something that I was like, I don't know. You know, I like the sort of the low brownness of punk rock that speaks to me more than, than metal. And it took a long time before I got into metal, but the kids that were attracted to it and you'd get, you'd see that album yeah. and, and, and anybody who would see that album be like, that is, that is badass. I got to buy that just cause it's so gnarly. And I, and that right. never, it, it just made me kind of chuckle ever. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like theater to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And their live performances, they'd have people like on torture racks on stage and stuff. Is you know You know, too, it's too funny, creepy. like if if uh if Wasp did that, I would find it kooky. But Guar did it and I was like, well, that's genius. But they did it, but it's different. To such an elevated, and they it was tongue. Their tongues were solidly in their cheeks. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And they did it to such an elevated level that you know, blood bags. See, it was like a Gallagher yeah. show, you know, yeah. except you're, you know, walking out covered in blood and vomit and right. Whatever I told that I told that story on a previous podcast where I had to go to the police station covered in blood, fake blood from gore show yeah yeah that's a good one and yeah. that's the one i feel like i tell this story pretty regularly but so a long time ago let's say 10 years ago so not you know a thousand not at the beginning of my life or anything but 10 years ago robot used to email me uh and i would get emails and and funny stories and stuff but i didn't know him and i didn't know who he was just this guy who would email me we'd email each other sometimes and he told me this story about going to a Guar show with his buddy and then leaving and the, their car was stolen. So they had to go to the police station. They walked in the police station covered in blood. And so then a decade, <laughs> whatever passes. And I, this person that used to email me stopped emailing me. And I always kind of wondered what happened to him because he told funny stories. And then I'm doing a podcast with this guy and we're having a conversation and it was three or four podcasts in and we'd already been talking on the phone for a solid month before we even started recording. And he begins telling me this story about going to a Guar show <laughs> and then go, having to go to a police station covered in blood. And that was only then did I realize that the person that I'm doing the podcast with now 
was the same person that I used to email 10 years ago. Like this whole time I, I did, I just thought this other email guy was like gone in the ether or whatever. And it turns out that I've been recording with him the whole time. So I'm, I'm persistent like athlete's foot to catch people up on, on how, uh, winding or meandering, uh, our relationship is. Yeah. It turns out that robot and I have had a relationship for a decade or more, <laughs> but I had no idea until a couple months ago. Not much gets yeah. by me. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, it's, it's excellent that, um, I don't know how much communication we had over the years. And I said this to Steve before is that I think I stopped emailing him because at some point all hell, the black market got, you know, very popular. And I thought to myself, he gets enough stories and bullshit sent to him from other people. I'm going to not do that. I'll just let him. Otherwise I, f I figured you would be like drowning in goofy stories and, and funny videos. No, um, not really. So, so I just checked out. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that, um, the universe figured out, figured to, uh, we belong together, bring us, bring us together again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, uh, what are we doing today? What we're talking about, how um, things used to be better, maybe how things used to be better. This is the get off my lawn, old men, uh, reminiscing about how it used to be better than it is now. And before we say anything, I just want to say, that I don't mean this, this episode isn't about the social con context, right? This isn't like, uh, looking back at a time, um, that where people were, uh, discriminated against or whatever. I'm just saying this episode is about, um, a time in your life and my life when like my daily lived experience had more quality than mm. it does today yeah uh gosh and this okay. came out of our conversation last week about t-shirts because we were talking about having arrived at college in 89 ish mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um how fucking mind-blowingly great it was that like all our favorite bands were playing in all of these great little bars all over the place all the time um there wasn't uh social media to capture and remind you of your terrible mistakes which were f very frequent um <laughs> you know yeah, the relation there's a, there's a couple of a couple of experiences and a couple of experiments that i'm really glad you know, not huge things. Like I didn't go through like my rave phase or something like that. <laughs> like that, that, <laughs> that never happened. But, uh, you know, like, uh, what did my friend James, who is a sort of an aspiring hairdresser, he couldn't figure out dreadlocks. And so he's like, let me experiment on you. <laughs> thinking that like, that was something that you could do to long hair. Like you could, yeah. you know, like, like you burn it to melt like a, like a rope kind of you know like he didn't know and so he just he fucked my he fucked my hair up so spectacularly in yeah. an attempt at giving me dreadlocks and that didn't work at all i had like 
honey and oil and (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was hilarious i I was laying on my mom's bed and she came in she was like don't put your head on my pillow like she was so (laughs) right and i mean that only lasted for what i you know i guess my hair was all fucked up for probably like a week and a half or something and then i decided so i'm glad that there's no documentation of that for example yeah all the all the experimentation I did with hallucinogenics in college, there's no way that wouldn't be on social media. That I wouldn't be like, you know, yeah. out of my gourd and thinking, can you guys see the rainbow here or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would be uh, embarrassing and terrible. Um, yeah. Okay. So and, and we get. I'm 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 with you. It's not. We're not saying like, yep. The fifties. The fifties were great. Or the forties were great. Or, th- or whatever. We're just saying in our respective experiences. Oh, hey, it's story time with Stevel. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a JCPenney Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars, which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue. I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong shimano guy i'm just saying that um you know even the city i live in so i live in boston um when i got here it was full of ideas and cool little places um you know like there was a place in my in the neighborhood i lived in 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 the early 90s where you could buy weird books and uh like occult sculpture and all kinds of weird stuff and it's not that i pine for occult sculpture in my life now but those things have just been scrubbed clean from all the neighborhoods like everywhere you go it's it's like uh starbucks and kfc it's like the suburbs have moved in yeah and i think it's not it's not just boston like i forget what year it was i was in europe and we went to, someone said it would be a great idea. Let's go to Zurich. Zurich or Geneva? I like this. My brain is totally destroyed that I don't remember which very important city it was. But we went, so we go to this city and we look around and it's like stores that are stores we have in the U.S. And I'm like, why did we come here? Yeah. And what is the point of this place even being in Switzerland if... You know, it's like high-end shopping experience. And and I guess what I'm saying is I just think like the communities that you could live in then were a lot richer because there were a lot more small, interesting, weird businesses. Yeah. Uh, I think the, uh, well, the, this is sort of this, I don't, know, I don't know if this is the term you used at the outset of that observation was it's sort of the homogenization of everything or the standardization of everything. 
And I, I agree with you. Anytime you go to a new place, it's fun to see what little businesses are there or, and, right. and, and just independent, the idea of being able to run an independent business, whatever your independent business is, it's a newsstand or an occult bookstore or a bead store or a crystal shop or a tincture store, herbal herbologist, whatever, <laughs> you know, the fact yeah. that, the fact that, that these places could not only exist, but the proprietors could pay rent or maybe even afford a mortgage uh, is pretty neat. And I think is a huge loss to communities because people, you know, I, I don't remember last week we were recording and we just went on a tirade against Amazon, but then we re realized that neither of us were, were recording most <laughs> of the entire conversation. <laughs> so I don't know what we've discussed already and was documented and what we discussed and was not documented. But people are just so intrinsically or intensely tied to convenience that they they want what they, you know, you're going to go to a store and you know exactly what you're going to get. You're not going to go to an independently owned and operated skate shop. You're just going to go to Zoomies in the mall because you know exactly right. what they have. Or you're going to, uh, it's, or you just, you, or you use Amazon. And you wouldn't think, you know, there was a point in time where Walmarts were coming into little towns through the South and the Midwest and city centers were drying up and independently owned businesses were drying up. And because of the convenience and the, and the, the, it's, in, it's far more inexpensive to buy whatever 10 pack of flip flops or whatever the fuck you get at Walmart <laughs> than to go to a store in town, a shoe store in town whatever and you think everybody said oh that's so sad but it's also the people that are patronizing the walmart stores that are not patronizing the independently owned businesses in town and you think well that's just like a small town issue in missouri or whatever but now with amazon you can look at a practically look at an item online and blink and it's in your hands yeah. And in, in in downtown Berkeley, this is a reference. This is a, a point that I made, or an observation that I made in the in the tirade, whether if it was recorded or not, <laughs> was that downtown Berkeley is is kind of boarded up. I mean, the last time I was through there, all of these stores were shut. Like it's Berkeley's a big city, you know, and people just buy their shit online. And and I get that money's tight, and I get that. I get that you want to save where you can and, and there's a matter of convenience, but ultimately what's the long-term cost of losing access to stores or retailers in your community? Like I try to stay, I don't, I don't use Amazon. I don't have a prime account. I don't, I don't fuck right. with it, but Same. at some point I'm afraid that I'm going to be reliant on it because I'm not going to have any other option. You know, somewhere down the road, not in in the foreseeable future, but that's that's something that really unnerves me. Yeah, I think you know, I think of it in a lot of idealistic terms. I think like like you do. I am I'm for small and independent things, but I I think it that stuff very quickly turns into a moral crusade, and that turns people off, and they're mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, like they don't want to be judged for that choice. Here's what I would say: for me. 
those things are all true, but it's also about the quality of the experience. Or you get to you talk to I mean? somebody. You get to interact with somebody. Yeah, you and and a store has a personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you go to buy a thing, and the the person in there is like, "Oh, that thing's great," but you know what? Um, it's just a different experience. And I think we've gotten to a point. This is where the old man should. When you know, you, when you say a phrase like, "We've gotten to a point," that's like some old man bullshit right there but you know like i live in a town adjacent to boston i think the population is somewhere between 40 and sixty thousand. there are a ton of kids there's a huge high school uh being built tons of kids you cannot buy an article of kids clothing in this town there's no store there's no clothes store for for kids you have to go out to the mall or you have to buy crap online. And that just seems bizarre to me. How did we, that's the quality of our life that we want. Like, and what is in our town? I'll tell you what's in our town now. Banks and nail salons. That's it. It's like you drive down the road and you're like, bank, nail salon, nail salon, nail salon, bank, bank, nail salon. I wonder in nail salons, I'm always a little curious about because <laughs> there are so many yeah. At one point, does, are like half of them not money laundering operations? And I'm not saying, but like how many, right. uh, there's a lot of, uh, for whatever, as many people as there are, if, if there are, I'm going to do yeah. some real fucked up math here, but if there's a billion people, <laughs> there are 10, 20, 30, 40 billion fingernails and toenails. So, and I'm a, I'm, I'd go, I'd love pedicures, love pedicures. You do it. Uh -huh. I could do it weekly. If I, if I could afford it, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But there, but honestly, like, do, is it such a, I don't know anybody who gets pedicures. I guess that's my point. Like I know my mom yeah. and, and I know a couple people who do it kind of on a regular, but d does that support as many a billion nail, nail salons? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain that. <laughs> what else are they selling in there? Are they the weed dispensaries of the? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's. It's. That's always been the craziest thing to me. And uh, yeah, but was I was going to say something? Uh, uh, I think people are already beginning to. In my experience, people are already beginning to um, uh, doubt that there are any other options. Or ways to to get shit and and an experience that I referenced was a kid I had sold a skateboard deck at the beginning of the pandemic, and this kid said, "Well, I want to get trucks and wheels for it, but I don't, the skate shop's closed, and I don't want to use Amazon." And I was I said, "There's a ton of skate shops that are set up to do uh, mail order, you know," and, and I was like, "Jokers, uh, SoCal skates." You know, are two big mail order operations. You can just go online. But if you go online and Google, like, where can I buy skateboard trucks? The first yeah. 10 options that come up are somehow related to Amazon. And a yeah. lot of companies also use Amazon as a fulfillment house. So yeah. you have to dig pretty deep. But it's not that they don't exist. People just are beginning to regularly assume that there aren't any other ways to, to get stuff. Yeah. And the search engines just propagate that problem right mm -hmm. i agree like i'm never going to shop at amazon mm -hmm. 
but I have to wade through all the Amazon bullshit they serve up. Like, why do you assume that I want to sh- buy from Amazon? Like, why would you make that assumption? Because mm, everybody does. I guess so, but doesn't that, it sort of like uh, begs the question, right? Like, it feeds the same problem. Yeah. Well, hmm. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It, it does. You're right. Right. It just create the snowball is rolling downhill and the the search engines um, points me at Amazon. So I buy at Amazon and the more I buy, the more the search engine points other people down. like it yeah. just is a self uh, fulfilling thing. And I just I'm like, what what decided who who in the algorithm just decided that that wasn't the business that we should all be buying things from is that is that artificial intelligence i mean is that part of the artificial intelligence is is the algorithm sure it decides because people use it in such mass that it just automatically uh presents itself as the first option yeah and and first through eighth option or tenth option and people like i said earlier or or mentioned earlier is that people are so uh, accustomed to the convenience of that, that then independent retailers don't kind of can't, they, they, you just can't compete. They're never cracking that code. Literally. I think it's funny. Sometimes I just recently sold five stickers to a guy. He placed an order for five stickers. <clears throat> and this was, I think on Friday and he, I, he emailed me on Tuesday asking where his order was. And I was like, well, if I sent it Saturday, it didn't go anywhere on Sunday. It maybe didn't even get out of the post office on Saturday because it's a super busy post office. Uh, Monday, it, it happened to be a holiday. So technically, you've only had a day and a half of shipping. And he, I don't know. I don't remember where he was. But I was like, it's, the, it's fucking, it's in the mail. Like, it's actually right. in the mail. Right. And just wait. And, it, and of course, it showed up that day and he emailed me back and said he got it. But I just, you know, like... I just don't, I don't understand how, I don't understand how, um, I just, I wait, I just wait for shit. You order something and you just wait yeah. for it and it'll yeah, eventually yeah, yeah, show yeah. up or it doesn't. And if you don't get it in a couple of weeks, then you, then you reach out. But, but when people get a hold of me within a matter of days of ordering it and, and they're, they're not mean, it wasn't mean or upset or anything. He's just wondering where his stuff is. And it's like, I'm just, a, I'm a fucking guy. I am one guy with a book of stamps and a pile of stickers <laughs> and your, your, your shit will get to you when it gets to you. <laughs> do you think, do you think he was like, I can't even drive the car until I get that sticker on it. <laughs> uh, he was yeah. just like, steve I got places to go, man. I know. But I, I have know. your funny shit to stick on my car. <laughs> I don't want to waste mileage or gas. Not know. saying pe- funny shit to people. In know. traffic, I, it's I, mostly. I, I think that that's just sort of a, a component of how easily accessible, yeah, literally everything is. And there's, I don't know, this somehow relates. There's a, a documentary that I watched called, I think, The Minimalists. Oh yeah, yeah. And there was too. some cool stuff. The two primary dudes were just, I couldn't, I would never in a million lifetimes be friends with either of these guys. They were such nine balls. But, yeah. um, 
you know, talking about there used to be uh, fashion would have four seasons of production, and now there are 52 production runs. There's so much shit being produced constantly right. that everybody has to have every. There's just too, it's just too much of everything, and I don't. This isn't like back in my day things were better kind of commentary. Yeah. This yeah. is there is just too much shit. It's not sustainable yeah. production, uh, processing, uh, disposal, not none of it. So right. that's a that's a bigger overarching. As a issue. case study, as a case study, Stevel is wearing a Thrasher hat. It's the um, what do you call that one? A uh, skate, the skate goat hat. The the skate goat hat. It's your favorite hat, right? Um, yeah, and I have a I have a few of them. They get. Uh, I have some that are just almost white. They the yeah. the black gets bleached out. My sweat is pretty caustic, I think, and just destroys hats. and And I like the fit of this hat very much. It's my favorite. I don't even know what model it is, but this is my favorite. So then i I order like a couple backups when I right. when I order them from Thrasher. I have the same hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a comfy hat, right? It's a really well, good fit. The problem I have with it is the because of my head shape, it's just a little too tall. Makes uh, me look a little bit pinheaded. You just got to keep wearing it and sweating in it and breaking yeah. it down because then, like that little peak thing in the middle, yeah, that yeah. just goes away, and then it is basically like a dome cap. Yeah, but my point, <laughs> my point <laughs> yeah. was actually oh, yeah, <laughs> that maybe you don't need new shit all the time. Just figure out what you like and stick with it for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's that was. I've had conversations with people <laughs> and jokes said like, I know it doesn't look, uh, I know it doesn't look like I'm super particular about what I wear. Like I am yeah. a step or two above like a, a boxcar riding hobo right in the forties, but without a nice fedora. Yeah. But my, everything has to be exactly perfect. You know, like my <laughs> pants have to fit a sp- certain way and I love yeah, yeah, Ben yeah, Davis yeah. pants and I've always worn them and that's all I'll ever wear. My t-shirts have to fit a certain way. My shoes have to fit a certain way. My hats have to fit. And so like I, I find that thing and it, it, whether it's with bike parts or clothes or what, whatever the thing, if I like really get into that one particular thing, sunglasses, like I will get, that's all I will do forever. And I will get one and I will wear it until it's held together by patches and thread. Yeah. And then I'll get a new one. Yeah. Because why the fuck not? I only have one body. I can't put that many clothes on at one time anyway. Yeah. So that's that's my point. Buy less shit, figure out what shit works for you, and stick with that shit. Yeah. God yeah. damn. Okay. And uh, this has been revolting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we never, I mean, you know, we, that was just such a weird tangent uh, based on even asking the question, the f- what year did humanity peak and why? Yeah, we I did don't. not answer that question at no. all. I'm going to go ahead and do it. 1992. Okay. Your, uh, your, like your humanity, like your my culture. Humanity. Your my human per- lived experience was f- okay. great in 1992. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give a year, but I would give it, I would give a decade. I would say 1987 to 1997. I, I buy that. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Right. If you could, it's question number two for the week before we get to the would you rather. Question number two. If you could snap your fingers and erase the internet, would you? 
Mm. And how do you think we could restore some of what we've lost given the pervasiveness of technology in our lives? Uh, did I write that question? <laughs> God damn. Uh, if you could snap your fingers and erase the internet, make it not exist, would you do it? But, but we all have the memory of it. We all know what the internet was. We just don't have access to it anymore. Oh, that's a good... No, I'd say you snap your fingers and the whole memory of it, it all goes away. Oh, that's... Man, that's a good one. Fuck, that's a good one. I don't... Honestly, I don't know. Because if I snap my fingers and erase the internet, I would have no income. Like, I would have no job. And, And I have no idea what I would be doing if I didn't. You know? Like... When I started doing the Swobo blog, whenever that was 2007, 2006, yeah. I didn't have a computer. I've said this before. I know. I didn't yeah. have a computer. I didn't have an email address. I don't think. No, I did have an email address, but I had no way to get my email. Like I, a friend of mine used to print my emails out for me and hand them to me on, in a stack of paper. He would he would print them out for me, fold them, put them in an envelope, and mail them to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, and and uh, and then I, you know, because I was just so like I was so addicted to my PO box, and I was so addicted to making. I loved making stuff, and I was afraid that if I got any, if I had access to email, and I had a computer, and I was working on this medium this weblog medium i was gonna stop making stuff or i would it would take such a huge bite out of my time and i realized you know rob uh roscop offered to buy me he bought me a computer like you know he's like here here's this tool that you're going to use to do this thing for swobo and um i realized like this is something i'm gonna have to learn because technology is not gonna go away you know and i'm gonna be left like yeah I'm going to be my dad who doesn't know how to turn on his phone and he doesn't want to know how to turn on his phone and he doesn't know how to pay bills. He doesn't want to know how to pay bills. Like I'm going to be, and no, no slight to my dad. He just doesn't have any use for it, but he does because that's the world we live in. You know, that gets to my point about the quality of life. Like your dad's not like, Oh, that's, that's going to add to the quality of my life. If I do that, he's not, he's not missing anything, you know? And when he wants to, when he wants to look at my website or, you know, they keep threatening to listen to the podcast, which I, I tell them probably isn't a super good idea, but they want to anyway, you know, he, he can sort of figure out how to navigate this stuff eventually, but it doesn't make his, it doesn't, he likes to go on walks and watch boats and, you know, read the newspaper And, and, and that's, and that's fine for him. That's just like, that's so, Oh Jesus. I, if I had that kind of power, I would snap my fingers and and change people's it's to change humanity, yeah. change people's yeah. perspectives. You know, yeah. because it is literally the greatest communication device humankind has ever known, and we are too fucking stupid to adequately use it. We abuse it. Like everything, we we get something magical and we turn it into a fucking wet. We weaponize it, and that that's just such a shame because it does have the power to connect people and and help forge really indelible, unbreakable bonds. Right. It's great for exchanging. I mean, it's it's great. It's you the, and I don't have a relationship without the internet. 
No, no. It's like uh, it's like the classifieds and Flipside, but way, right. way bigger and yeah. so good. It's it has the power to be so good, and it is so in it. It's does its e- does its good outweigh its evil? I guess that would be something for future historians to say, because uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm um, I have I. I think. I don't know, maybe I just have um, extreme tendencies or I'm like a cultural pyromaniac that I, I am amused by the idea that you could snap your finger, kill the internet, and like, how, then you sit back and like, look at how long it takes humanity to reorganize itself to figure out how to get toilet paper at its house. Like, oh, fuck, I don't have the internet. How do I wipe my ass now? Yeah. I like yeah. that idea, but that's probably a frivolous, mean way to go about things. I, uh, I would snap my fingers and and try to make people better at critical thought and be kinder. I mean, if my snapping had that kind of sway. Yeah. I mean, I while think- you're snapping, you might as well get people to buy more s- stickers. And- <laughs> I would snap and change... I would snap, okay, I would snap and, and dial back humankind's ego about four or five clicks. Yeah. Create a little bit more humility. I think that's yeah. what i do if I had that kind of power. Because the internet, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. It's just how it's used. Everything yeah. can be a, a hammer. Yeah, everything can be a hammer is a good that's a good one. <laughs> uh, oh fuck. That's just right, a that's we, a real mind bender. It's okay. Let's get straight to the, the would you rather then. Okay. Oh, uh, this is a good one. Would you rather make your living and this is the same amount of money either way? So say you make, you know, fifty to eighty thousand dollars or forty to seventy thousand right. dollars, whatever whatever average median income is, I don't even know. Um, uh, would you make the same amount of money either way as a kindergarten teacher or as an exotic dancer? Yeah. Why Which not both? Which do you choose? Uh, well, do I look like I look currently? <laughs> yeah, you oh. do. Well, I'd probably make more money but, as a kindergarten teacher. No, no, you're going to make the same amount of money either way. This is oh, a right, question about right. how you want to spend your days. Would you rather spend your days as a kindergarten teacher or as an exotic dancer? I'd probably go with exotic dancer. Both, <laughs> both, my, <laughs> both, <laughs> both my parents were teachers and they, my mom always said, you know, we will love you and support you with whatever you want to do. You want to, you want to dig ditches. You want to become a, a writer. You want to be a pilot, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, both, both my sister and me. And, and uh, they said, but we would seriously caution you about <laughs> getting it, become, becoming teachers. <laughs> oh man yeah that is rough yeah yeah uh, and they and were why- they were good at it and they loved it and they did it my dad i don't know my dad was a teacher for 40 years or 35 years or something my mom was you know in education and then 
and then raised us when we were little and then went back to work when we were old enough to be in school, you know? So like, and then she taught and substituted all the way through her retirement. So yeah, they were committed. Well, but I thought, I thought about this and I, th- and I thought like kind kindergarten teacher would be super fun because I mean, you have kids. I don't spend that much time around little kids, but I, I used to go in and do like, you know, job for a, or a, uh, like career day lectures and stuff at my mom's class periodically. And I forgot how little, like I wasn't that little when I was in third grade, but man, but like being an adult and going in and hanging out with 25 third graders, they are tiny and malleable and hilarious. And, and I think that that would be super fun, but also exotic dancer, you're working at a bar, you know, you're probably actually doing tips. If you're making annual, if I make an annual, what I'm making now and I'm getting, I'm bringing home tips see that's why i was asking if i look like i look now because if i look <laughs> if i'm stripping now i don't think i'd make that many tips I, but it might just be fun to hang out you, you and, think like people would just be hucking change at you <laughs> <laughs> shrapnel yeah. yeah i got some this is a nickels and pennies stripper this guy you got i might get laid more as an as a stripper than i do as a as i would as a teacher i don't know my my thing is like <clears throat> I've I have kids. Little kids are brutal. They're difficult. They're so needy and they're like emotionally just they're all sociopathic. Uh <laughs> but but at the same time they haven't had all of society's ills in downloaded yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they still like believe in fairness and there is something kind of charming about them and they have the coolest ideas we have this video of my of my youngest son and and he's he's writing a story for it might have been kindergarten or it it was writing so it must have been first or second grade and the the assignment is what did you do this weekend and he wrote i had a super ninja party and uh my wife says to him oh you had a super ninja party can, can you tell me what the difference between a super ninja party is and a regular ninja party? And he just sort of like goes on for a while about, um, you know, the obvious differences between those two things. And that, I mean, if you have that in your life all the time, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm pretty sure people going to the strip club aren't, aren't <laughs> like, well, uh, let's wrap up this lap dance. I have a super ninja party to go to. <laughs> Oh, a super ninja party. Definitely not as much whimsy in a strip club as there would be a kindergarten class. No, but I think actually both environments are similar in that everyone around you wants something from you all the time. Hmm. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with my answer. I mean, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer. I'm going to go, uh, like last week, I'm going to split with you. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go kindergarten teacher, okay. which is insane because I think it's the hardest job in the world and those people should make $1 million. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy. Easy. Uh, and do I, are we doing this for like career, like the rest of our lives? Are we doing this? Yeah. For, is it just a year, five years? Um, I, I think it's like, assume that you're 20 and you're going to do it until you're 60. 40 years of it oh man well you'd be super fit 
probably because dancing, you know, it's like, would you rather like if you dance 24 hours a day versus eating steak and whole milk, like you'd be, you'd be super fit. Um, you'd have great skin because of, you know, applying oil, oiling yourself. Yeah. But I'm making the same amount of money. So I'd be having to go to like tanning salons and a gym membership and like trying to make myself physically presentable as possible you got to figure the hours of of stripping are later yeah 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 for sure unless you look like me and then you're definitely going to be on the weekday squad (laughs) like tuesday brunch (laughs) yeah you're not working with the top talent when you look like this it's not like i'm with the fucking thunder from down under or anything (laughs) ah i don't know it's a tough one i know well, we both have decided to pick vocations that that ultimately make the world a better place. Yeah. You molding minds of the future. Yeah. And me providing uh deposits for random and uh spank banks with not very good taste. <laughs> so like they're both very important. Yeah, they're both um uh, philanthropic. It, it, they're very core. Yeah. Uh, well, fucking hey, we, are we at an hour? Yeah, some we did change? it. Cool. Yeah. We did it again. Uh, episode 27. Um, revolting is the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening to it. Um, if you have questions for us, or topics you want us to pontificate on, you can email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com. Uh, also, uh, I have uh, Answers from a Bottle, which is a article uh, in which sort of like a Dear Abby, but more like a Dear Scabby. Uh, and you have questions about whatever, bike industry, uh, familial relationships, um, plumbing, how to properly wrap a uh, extension cord. What are some of the other questions I've fielded? Anyway, if you have any questions like that, send those to Steve Lid at Cycling Independent as well. And if you like this or any other fun stuff you find on the aforementioned website, please share it with a friend, like a good book recommendation. What the fuck is that? Oh, like a good book recommendation uh, or an STD. That's what we do, and that's what we're here for. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Yeah, I'm Steve. I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. Yeah.